Dungeons and Drimbus is rated R for rude language, rough violence, and raunchy humor. Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I do declare here's what happened previously on Dungeons and Drimbus. After discovering that Longreach's coffers had been pilfered by a mysterious creature in the night, Gary goes on the hunt for the perpetrator. After a couple of dead ends, they investigate the court wizard Faramir's house. Using his own glasses, they decipher a coded message, presumably from Captain Logan, instructing him to remove all evidence and head to the monastery after taking his final immunization. Gary and Yargen talk over preparing Longreach for what comes next. As preparations are underway, Gary decides he needs to get strong and makes plans to head to L.R.U. with Silvio. I do declare, Yorana is back in session. Gary, you awake the next morning. Early, you, you wake up from another nightmare, uh, and you wake up sweating, and you see Silvio at, like, the far end of the throne room already with a little backpack on and everything ready to go uh, on top of his cloak. And he looks at you and he says, Good morning, hey, Ray. How did you sleep? Morning. Um, you know, as much as a man with two souls tormented can... I understand. As a vampire, I don't really sleep too much anymore. Oh, yeah. I was just getting ready, and I wanted to know, do you have any suggestions as to... I'm not very well versed in magic, aside from, you know, the common things you can purchase as a... In town, really, whatever was available to us there. Do you have any suggestions as to uh, what school I should uh, perhaps have a look at, or...? Uh, what little I know. Uh, came from a friend of mine who was a conjuration wizard, so I've been studying up in the school of conjuration. You know, our friend Strong, he, he was a, um, he was a druid, but I think that's more of an innate kind of ability, right? So, if we're going to school to be wizards, I would suggest, you know, pick something that's, uh, defensive healing, uh, some kind of defensive spells, maybe those get out of jail free kind of spells or, or alarming spells perhaps something like a like a cleric yeah maybe it's not necessarily a wizard but uh, lru is a very fine institution last i heard yeah if you can i i didn't know if vampire clerics existed i don't know if it would do help to me or harm me you know i woke up not too terribly long ago as a vampire and certain things are still uh uh, fuzzy to me. Perhaps the university could help sort that out. Someone told me that healing potions would hurt me and poisons would help me. Uh, but last time I tried drinking a potion that didn't go too well. So I have a feeling they were just kind of fucking with me. Interesting. Yes. Anyways, off topic. Um, I'm going to go get ready and I guess I'll, I'll see you at school. <laughs> I'll say it's school. Gonna try and get some coffee or something. I forget how early these fucking classes are 
And uh, you spend a little while getting ready. Eventually, Grizzabeth wakes up. She greets you. Calvin hugs you and he goes, Daddy, where are you going? I'm going to school. Grace, can you, you find a good shirt? Mine's wrinkled. Yeah, hold up, Ray. I gotta... <laughs> uh, here. She starts, like, airing out a shirt, like, stretching it, trying to get the wrinkles out. She's like, okay, here you go, Ray. Oh, my God. So, you, so you're going to school, Ray? Yeah, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Daddy, when can I go to school? Um, hey, maybe, I mean... LIU is a college. I don't know if they let little kids. Go. I mean, is Cal is 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 Calvin too young for school? Should we? I mean, he he's getting around that age. We definitely got to start looking into neighborhoods with good schools. Uh, I don't I don't know if Longreach has has one here, but maybe we could start like a little a little elementary school here. You know, we got Silas, we got Solera, we got Jeremiah. Yeah, that, that'd be something to think about. We have to start an elementary school here. But but now that I think about it, Chris, you know, when the mind is young, it's very moldable. Um, if Calvin starts now with magic, just imagine how amazing he's going to be <laughs> when he's, like, older, you know? He can be, like, the next Ostrogon. Well, I want to be an Ostrogon. <laughs> Daddy, I, I, Daddy, can I go with you to learn how to be an octagon? And Gary's like excited now. He's like, Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna ask him see if they can have like a little junior yeah, thing. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Uh, you see, Grizabeth sees you getting excited and kind of puts a hand on your chest, and she's like, Yeah, right. How about you go check it out first, make sure it's a child-safe environment. And then maybe we can see about letting Jeremiah go. And then you see Silas and Solera, who woke up a few minutes ago and have kind of, like, been listening. They're still a little more shy when, like, you guys are all having conversations. And they go, yeah, maybe I could go, too. Yeah, you know, I, I could learn how to be a, to, uh, uh, a octagon as well. Um, we could all be little octagons. Um, right, well, kids oh, go. Okay, kiddos, okay. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> We'll see. Yeah. Let's let's let uh, Mr. Ray uh, go check it out first. We'll see what he thinks, and uh, you know, we, we 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 can see if it's something that you're interested in. Okay. Hey, Jeremiah, do do you want to go play uh, with the with the action figure? Yeah, I want to go play. Okay. Uh, do you want to get breakfast first? Um, yeah, can we can use the bowl to do water so we could do Malachi shit. And they just kind of start like <laughs> rambling as they walk away. <laughs> There they go. Uh, but I'm serious. Uh, they, they better have something there. I really think he should start, like, immediately. Like, now. Like, I think it'll be a really good idea. Okay, uh, I need wrong. a coffee and a toast and a uh, backpack. Okay, I got you. I, I got you. Uh, why don't you pack <laughs> up whatever you need, right? You know your magic stuff a little better than I do. I'll uh, I'll go get us some coffee, okay? Okay. Okay. Well, I don't need a pen and paper, do I? I hope it's not that kind of school. I learned from more hands-on, you know. Why don't you take one just in case, okay? And she slides a little notepad and <laughs> stuff into your backpack. The morning progresses. She gets you some coffee. You get packed up. And Grizabeth says goodbye. She goes, oh, my God, first day of school. Look at you. Have fun, Ray. Thanks. Um, have a good day, on with the... Yeah. You do all right. You 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 gonna be all right? Yeah, yeah, I'll be okay. There's there's a lot to do here. I was talking to Yogan a little bit earlier about um about some of the rebuilding they want. He wants to see if I can kind of go around town and uh kind of do like an interview with everybody and see uh what they need to get their businesses running. If they got any major issues with the homes, so uh, once all of this is settled, we can stop focusing on what needs to get done to. Make this a nice place to live again. Mm, sounds like you're becoming the first lady. <laughs> My goodness. Assuming that I'm like president or whatever, you know. But... Oh my god, Mr. President. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, not officially, but uh, you know. What's a president? Nice. I don't know. Is that like a king or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds nice, doesn't it? But, but it's not official, you know. It, I, I might not even be the president king judge, but... Uh, oh my god, President King Judge Ragey Globby, oh my god. That sounds good. Um, that does sound good. Yeah, okay, so, uh, yeah, tell them about the schools, you know. And, yeah, and yeah the, absolutely. 
and junior wizard school. Well, I don't see why we couldn't, right? There's a university. I mean, if you like it, if everything checks out, there should definitely be like like a little bit of a pathway, right? From like from being a baby to like being a full-blown student. It's kind of weird. We don't really have like normal schools. We just kind of have universities. It'd be nice to have like a little in between to get them ready. It could make it a really yeah. cool place. We could get people moving up to Long Reach because they want to raise their children here. It, 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 we could do a lot here, uh, Garrett, right? All right, all right, okay. And he, he like puts a toast in his mouth. Okay, I'm going to be late. Bye okay, enough. okay, get out of here. And she slaps your ass. <laughs> okay. And she sends you on your way as you meet up with Silvio and you head out to Longreach University. Oh, my God. You walk down from the Royal District. You head through uh, the lower districts. It's snowing pretty heavy today, but it's not blizzarding. You've very quickly gathered that it is always snowing in Longreach. And you kind of head down the road. It's pretty clear. You actually you say hi to Meg on the way. She has been hitched up with a couple of other horses that are helping to clear up some of the streets in the lower <laughs> district at the moment. Jorgen waves goodbye to you. He seems to be there supervising some of the stuff going down on the ground. And you and Silvio head out. You take the road out to Longreach University, and you guys are both kind of walking, chatting a little bit, a little bit of that kind of like awkward silence at times as you're just kind of making your way <laughs> through the snow. Uh, but eventually you see the big sign that reads Longreach University, and you enter a gorgeous hilly campus. And uh, because it is always snowing, almost all the structures on the campus are built from pristine blocks of stone. So like there are walkways made of cobblestone and then there's like very clean, almost like cement buildings. And then you have more funky architecture, like slate rock exteriors. But all of it are these different shades of grays and very desaturated browns that complement the permafrosted ground really, really beautifully. It is all white and beautiful and pristine. In the center of the campus, you see there are lots of hilly areas of like open grass and you see students like there are blankets out and there are people laying down enjoying a picnic. You see on one of the large hills, there seems to be a really intense game of Frisbee going on uh, and a bunch of werewolves are just fucking like sprinting and tackling the shit out of each other trying to get the Frisbees. They look like when you throw a ball for a little dog, just fucking like clambering over each other, but they're massive like seven foot tall werewolves. And in the center of the campus, uh, all these walkways kind of connect different buildings. You see a big, beautiful building with turrets on either side, kind of a curved front, lots of glass that you gather is some sort of administration building. There is a more squared off building that is tiered in its architecture, where it kind of gets wider towards the back. And through the glass windows, you can tell that this is actually a massive library. That is on the east side of the campus, towards the west side of the campus. You see a bunch of other buildings with different labelings. There are like stone signs outside. One says the lab, the other says the hall, one reads study rooms. There is also towards the back of the campus, probably one of the biggest coliseums you have ever seen in your life. Huge coliseum. And then a little ways away from that, you see a big theater building. And next to the theater building is another building that is much smaller. That theater, you get the feeling, is probably at least like a thousand seat capacity. The building next to it is much, much, much smaller, and it's made out of just this black stone. It is a little black box. And in the center of the campus, instead of a traditional water fountain, you see this beautiful sculpture that you can't tell if it's made out of glass or ice, but there are like blue motes of energy flowing out of it, like a water would do, but because it is so cold, <laughs> you get the feeling they've had to resort to some uh, different means to accomplish this. But you arrive. Uh, things seem to be going relatively chill here. It's a little quieter than you might have expected for a university campus. And in front of the theater building, you see like there are a bunch of students, presumably, sitting like crisscross applesauce in a big circle. They all kind of look distraught and they're talking to someone in robes. You can't really hear because you're far away. But as you're looking at these, uh, Silvio takes all of this in and he says, wow. This is as beautiful as I imagined. Growing up, LRU was the place to go. I haven't heard much about it in recent years, and I never got to go to school, but I was hoping to send Trixie and Harry here one day. I heard about it in um, that storybook I used to read, Calvin, but, uh, you know, 
in the story. No one was going to school anymore. I'm surprised they're still coming, considering the state of Longreach. It's good to see that it's still running. It runs better than the base district. I guess some things uh, prevail, huh? And as he's saying that, a big werewolf bumps into you. He's wearing like a letterman jacket. And he goes, oh, hey. Sylvia goes fucking flying just (laughs) into the snow. And you kind of fall down. He falls on top of you. He is sweaty. He's wearing like these loose shorts despite the snow. And something furry and heavy kind of like smacks you in the face from within the shorts. And he gets up and he goes, oh, hey, sorry, dude. And he helps you up. He goes, sorry, trying to catch that frisbee. And he runs. He goes and he grabs the frisbee. Yeah. And then he throws it back. And he says, sorry, sorry. Didn't mean to be a dick. Hey, name's Duke. Uh, hey, Ray. He holds out his clawed hand. Yeah, he, he grabs you with a pretty much equally clawed werewolf hand. He says, Duke Brenton, nice to meet you. Yeah. Interesting to meet you, too. Uh, we're new students. We're looking to, we're looking to start. Where do we go? Uh, weird time, uh, but okay. What are you looking to study? We got, uh, you know, College of Combat, College of Magic, College of Sciences, and the Bard's College over there. And he points to the group of the students sitting, like, crisscross, talking to the person in the ropes. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I'm like an aspiring conjuration wizard, so where should I go to start improving uh, that? Probably College of Magic. Administration's over there where you can go to sign up, but we're like in the middle of a semester right now, so like, I don't think you're going to be able to sign up, Uh, but you're always welcome to sit in on classes, so College of Combat, depends what class, but usually if you head to the Coliseum, you'll see something over there, unless we got a game going on. Uh, College of Magic... You might want to try outside the library. I think they might have some classes going on there right now. Uh, College of Sciences. Best bet is the lab. You can probably bump into someone there. And uh, the Bard's College. Well, you can't really do the Bard's College right now. Uh, He points again at the circle. He says, they're having a crisis counseling because of the whole thing with the Judge King. They're like traumatized or whatever, so they got to talk about their feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, didn't they? I guess they didn't hear that uh, people are working on a plan for that. Uh, uh, No, we haven't heard much. We don't hear much from Longreach. You know, I know it's a weird place, but I heard that Judge King dude was kind of fucked up anyways. But, uh, you know, I I was here when that shit happened. I saw some dude flying around. He squints. (laughs) Yeah, I saw, like, a bunch of people fucking die, but, you know, whatever. College of Combat, so... <laughs> yeah, so you lost a lot of students, huh? Uh, not that many... Well, yeah, a couple of students. Those were mostly bards, though. They thought they could go help. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, it was mostly just watching all those prisoners kind of get fucking wrecked. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah. Uh, oh, one more thing. Yeah. Is there, like, um... You know... Uh, a child's classes, you know, like uh, for for young younglings that want to learn. I think I think the term you're looking for is assisted learning. It's, it's no, not special up. needs. Just oh. like, uh, uh, you know, like a, if I wanted to, like, uh, take a young child and have them start whoa, learning whoa, magic. Take a young child to Longreach University and have them start off early. You know? uh, Is I've there never, an age limit? I've never heard anything about that. Usually you come here when you're like at least 15. I guess it depends on your race, right? But like, I don't think there's an official rule for an age limit. Oh, okay. Uh, who's in charge around here? Uh, well, you know, there are deans for each college, and then there's the president. Um, so it depends. You said you wanted magic, right? Aren't you in magic? Uh, I'm a double major. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm in the school, I'm in the college of, uh, of combat and the college of magic. So, yeah. If you want, you could come with me. I'm, uh, well, I gotta finish up my frisbee game, but I was about to attend one of my magic seminars. Oh, when is that at? Uh, well, it's going to be over in the uh, the hall. Yeah, I'll go with you. All right, cool. Uh, just let me finish this up. Hold this for me. And he takes off his letterman and, like, he throws it to you, but, like, over his shoulder, not looking. And Silvio has just kind of gotten up and walked back to you, and the letterman jacket hits him in the face. <laughs> My God. 
Go long! <laughs> Time passes. Duke goes, he finishes his game of Frisbee, and eventually he comes back, collects his stuff from you, and he goes, all right, let's go. And he takes you to the hall, and you open this uh, multi-level building, and he leads you kind of like down. It's not quite into a basement, but it's like a half step down, and it opens up into this big lecture hall with a stage and plenty of seats. And he says, uh, well, that's a... Uh, that's Professor Azure. You're gonna want to go introduce yourself and uh, and talk to him. But uh, he's the uh, he's the dean of the College of Magic. He can probably help you out with whatever you want. And as he says this, he points to this blue Baylor. So a Baylor is like this demon, basically, that is about 12 feet tall. It has massive wings, perfect horizontal horns sticking out of the side of its face. And it has a kind of a goblin-esque face, but just huge and ripped. He's blue and he's older now, so he has these little round spectacles on the very bridge of his pointed nose. And you see these like rippling muscles just barely stuffed into like a pinstriped shirt that is tucked into little black trousers. And he's wearing a tweed jacket and a little bow tie. Uh, yep, that's, uh, that's Professor Azure. You're gonna want to talk to him. Gary nudges Silvio and he's like, yeah, come on, let's go. Uh, okay. He's a little intimidating. Not to, you know, I, I, I know people feel that way about me, but good God, that is one mountain of a man. <laughs> you walk up with Silvio to the front of the lecture hall. You see he's there with like a little briefcase going through some notes. There are students starting to settle in, but class hasn't quite started yet. Uh, and he looks up at you. Well, he looks down at me, to be honest. Yeah, he looks he looks down at you. You're probably down by like his knees. He like adjusts his spectacles, takes you in as all the students are getting seated. He goes, Welcome, monsieur. I am Professor Azure, Dean of the College of Magic. We were just about to begin a lesson. I may be of assistance. Hi, my name is Ray. This is my friend Silvio. Pleasure. What we're aspiring. Uh, wizards, I suppose, and uh, we're interested in the class. What, what's uh, what's on the schedule today? What uh, what are you what are you what are you throwing out there? As you're talking, he's kind of looking through his files, and he pulls out one notebook, and he says, "Right, right. Well, today this is a, a general introduction to magic 101. Anyone is welcome to sit in lectures, regardless of registration status. If you are not an enrolled student, there is a fee of 25 gold." Should you decide to enroll, we can deduct the gold from your tuition and credit you the advancement you earned in any sitting classes. Uh, isn't that like, like a first day free kind of thing? So, you know, you get people more interested, see what they're paying for. Roll a persuasion check for me. <laughs> or I guess a charisma check. It's not really persuasion. It's more of a... God. I already know that. <laughs> An unnatural one. <laughs> he goes, Monsieur, this is Long Reach University and you are holding up my class. We need to begin. Uh, you are most welcome to sit in, but unfortunately this is run like a business. Uh, so there are rules I need to abide by. 25 gold is kind of steep, you know. Ray, it, it, it is all right. I, I do not need to sit in on this class that is uh, very expensive. Fucking Sylvia rolled a one too. <laughs> I, I'm certain I can find other things to do around here to entertain myself if I have to. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll go check out uh, something else, I guess. Just curious how the class works. Is it like you study, or do they actually? This is they... a little bit of a hands-on experience here. While it is an introductory course, it is one of the best ways to very quickly advance in your magical proficiencies. Uh, so what if we sign up? How much is that? You will need to enroll for next semester. Uh, the current price is set at 1,000 gold per semester for enrolled students. Like we said, any gold spent at sitting classes can be deducted from your total tuition uh, should you enroll for the next semester. All right. Guess we have to try. So Gary will hand over 50 gold. Silvio put, like grabs your hand. He says, seriously, Ray, it is not necessary. You do not need to pay for me. I owe you enough what? as it is. Well, what else are you going to do? 
I don't know. I, I can go back to Longreach. I can uh, help rebuild. I, I Don't worry. I This is too steep for me, but that does not mean that the burden should be on you. Nonsense. Just sit down. Let's try it out first. Don't worry about it. Okay. I, I will pay you back. I promise this. Okay. You all take your seat and you sit through Professor Azure's first lesson. Uh, he kind of is going over some of the basics, but slightly more in-depth details of the different schools of magic and kind of what separates them. On the chalkboard, he's kind of presenting, he's talking about conjuration, abjuration, all the different schools, kind of where they overlap, where they differ. And as you take in some of this, it actually helps bridge the gap just a little bit between your basic level of knowledge and like the books that you have from Ostrogon, that there were a lot of spells that were just a little too dense for you to get through. And as you're listening to the professor, you're like, oh, and like you look through your books and like certain things start clicking, (laughs) not necessarily the full picture, but you've got it. And eventually, He brings everyone out to the Colosseum, actually, for the hands-on portion of the lecture. This is a a multi-hour class. As he does, he says, Okay, today's lesson is is going to have to do with basic uh, search and rescue. This is something that uh, people with magical abilities will often have to do. You see uh, first responders in our world, uh, as well as uh, good self-defense. I know we have a lot of uh, double majors, College of Combat. Anyways, please, in your chosen school, I have prepared a list of spells. And you see one of the TAs begins handing out little pamphlets to people. He says, if you have not looked them over already, like I requested for the homework, please make sure to look over them now. I encourage you to step out of your comfort zone, to uh, try a spell you've never tried before. Uh, should you succeed, it will prove a valuable lesson. Should you fail, uh, well, those are valuable lessons as well. So, today's uh, challenge is going to involve uh, finding a lost person and uh, saving them from a perilous situation. I will not give away more as uh, some critical thinking will need to be applied. Any volunteers to go first? Yeah, Ray, Gary raises his hand. Ah, Mr. Ray, was it? Yeah, that's right. I see you have taken much interest in the class. Let's, uh, let's see what the newcomer can do. Please, step into the Colosseum when you're ready. And uh, he looks at Silvio. And then he starts walking into the Coliseum. We're halfway there. This, this is the halftime ad with Nikki B. <clears throat> Another sir. Yeah, keep them coming. I'm gonna need it. So... Give me a second. So you are the spirit of my canonical and now deceased pet hamster Scruffles who survived the strike of the Shirai Ryu clan while I was in ninja training but then died after trying to eat a ninja star? Yes. Well then, why is your voice so ominous and mysterious? This is how all hamsters sound. Oh. Now there's Scruffles. Man, wait, wait, so... What, do you have, like, unfinished business or something? Yes, actually. Here you are, sir. Witch's brew chocolate-flavored coffee. <clears throat> this is good stuff. How do you do it? Well, sir, the real magic of geek-growing coffee wait, is Wait, wait, don't tell me. Women-owned farms, farms in, in Colombia. Mm, so good. 
Sorry to interrupt again. Just wanted to let you know that I've gone ahead and applied our discount code. Discount code? Yes, whenever you use code DREAMBUS, you get 20% off your order at geekgrindcoffee.com slash DREAMBUS. What? Wonderful, thank you. <clears throat> All right, Scruffles, if we're going to free your spirit of whatever unfinished business you've got in our mortal realm, we're going to need some fuel for the presumably long, arduous journey. You want anything? You know, I can't say no to delicious coffee that supports my favorite podcast. Might I suggest the the box? Four or more different items to suit all your coffee and tea beverage needs. Uh, yeah, sounds great. Actually, I'm gonna pick up some coffee for the patrons, too. Um, let's see, I got, uh, Queso Loco, Jerry Benetados, Victoria Madrid, Greta Benier, Alex Gapes My Ass. That's an unrelated thing. Uh, Ace Andrews, Regina Russell, Salty, Sam Olivos, Jordan Cobb, The Unnamed Rogue, John Gillette, NB Star, Doubtful Guest, Michael Richters, Davis Walden, Denny Dewdrop, Myth Mouse, Callie Wolf, Brendan and Bishop, Bridge, Twiglets, Joanna, Westberger, Stan Sitzman, Scrambles the Death Dealer, Aaron Adams, Nathan Mesnard, Ruth, Thanatos, Morgan Lawson, Stoner Panda, Melissa Rain, Hensational, Butts of Plenty, The Lone Trumpeter, Normally Me, Dane Kohlholf, uh, Luna, the state of Alaska, Faust, the heavenly demonic monster, and Marsh coffee. Some coffee for the coffee. Is, is that a, is that a good? Is that okay? Mm, yes. We'll get roasting. Great. All right, Scruffles. So what's this unfinished business of yours? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, it is your friendly neighborhood GM, John Carlo Herrera here, and today I wanted to tell you about an awesome show called Looters. It is an actual play podcast where a hilarious cast of friends go on dramatic, action-packed, sci-fi western adventures in a universe full of different factions vying for control over the Outer Rims. I love a good sci-fi western mix, the cast is so much fun to listen to, and it's played on the Stars Without Number game system, which is really fun to hear in audio. I really think listeners of Drimbus would enjoy it, so please check out this trailer, and if it intrigues you, go check them out at looterspodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, enjoy. Hey, we're the Looters. Hey, what's up? Looters is a sci-fi western actual play podcast using the Stars Without Number system. We're a group of friends getting into trouble all over the universe. So come with us if you're into adventure. A rocket flies out of one of these ships far behind you and crashes into the wall and blows up. There's rockets? It's Mario Kart. Crazy. Intrigue. Can I hack into the body and maybe see if they have like a memory data bank in their brain or some shit like that that I can access? Metal, literally. <laughs> Devastating physical injury. <laughs> Just uh, take cover. Okay. She's a good pilot, everyone. <laughs> She's very good. And friendship. New episodes of Looters out every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, you begin walking to the Coliseum and you see like on different areas of the field, there are a bunch of TAs and they're all kind of like whooshing their hands. And you see this kind of mist protruding from their hands. And then the fog grows and envelops you and you go into blackness. And then you open your eyes and suddenly you hear the raging flames of fire. You see beams falling down and you hear the crying of a baby off somewhere. You roll a perception check for me. 19. So you gather that you are presently inside a building. Uh, You can't tell much as the fire is raging. 
but you can tell there is an exit behind you, and ahead of you there are a number of halls and doorways, and the, from the layout, you gather that this is likely some sort of, like, monastic temple or something like that. You can tell there was some sort of fountain in the center and these kind of large open floor plans. And you hear the baby crying coming from further off into the building where the fire is actually raging stronger. What do you do? I'm going to take out my war pick and detect magic. Okay, uh, yeah, it is detecting like fucking crazy. You, you gather that everything around you is magic. <laughs> Is there, like, a few pathways in front of me? Roll a perception check for me. Three. Yeah, there are a number of doorways. So behind you is the door out of the building. Ahead of you, you can see the fountain, and then you can see there are, like, archways. There are four. Two on the left and two on the right. And then at the very far end is another door proper. Okay, I guess I'll start with the far left. You enter the far left and you don't see much of anything. However, immediately when you enter, one of the beams on the ceiling collapses and actually blocks off the entrance through which you came. And you are now in a small area encapsulated with flames. Please roll a constitution saving throw for me. 25. Okay, you are breathing in smoke like it's fucking like vape fluid. Like you're just like... You're, you're making rings with it. You're totally fine. Your weird, fucked up new body is just processing the smoke, no problem. Uh, but it is making it harder to see. Uh, and you hear still off in the distance. But you gather that it is not in this small room that you are in. And there's no other exits, just the one that got blocked off? None that you are presently seeing. Gary's gonna acid splash the beams that just fell and like to block the exit. Ooh, interesting. Okay, there are wood, so I'll give it to you. Roll damage with your acid splash. Uh, that's 10. Okay, that is exactly what you needed. So as you splash on the wood, uh, you see the acid begin to eat away, and then the acid fades in the fire. You see it evaporating faster. Uh, the wood has become porous, but you're like, oh, fuck, it wasn't enough. And then, like, one last sizzle kind of happens, and you hear a pop as the wood crumbles. There is still a heaping pile of flaming wood, but there is now, like, an entrance that you can kind of pretty easily leap over to go yeah. back into the main hallway. That's what I'm going to do. You do that. You roll uh, very gracefully as you land in kind of the flaming corridor. Uh, please roll another constitution saving throw for me. 23. 23, okay, you are again fine. You get the feeling that were you in your pure goblin state, this smoke would likely be doing harm to you, uh, but you seem to be weathering just fine. Okay. Um, so there was the... There's like five entrances or three? There are four like archways that are not doors, but just archways and then yeah. a door in the back. So I want to go to the one further down on the left. Okay, you go and you find a baby. You see a, a oh, baby in a crib just... In this room, you can see the remnants of like burnt cribs all around. So again, give me that constitution saving throw. Natural 20. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, no more constitution saving throws for you. As uh, the sm <laughs> your body is purifying the smoke into, like, pristine air. But, yeah, you see the baby in the crib crying as this building is on fire. I'm going to grab the baby, scoop him up. You go to scoop him up, and you hear the crackling of a beam. And you see as one of the supports on the ceiling gives way... And you see this wave of just like soot and fiery coal that is basically about to fall onto the baby. You have like a split second to take one action. What do you do? Gary wants to cast floating disc right above the baby. Sweet, you cast floating disc. And in that bullet time, we see the fiery rubble descending and then we see this purple kind of semi-translucent disc <laughs> up here and you see the the cinders kind of bounce against it and scatter off off the edge the baby lets out a <laughs> but it is safe in the crib is the stuff still falling or it finished uh you had the feeling it was just like one little like okay then i'm gonna grab the baby now. Okay, you grab the baby and you pick it up and you hold it against your chest and you hear <laughs> and you have the baby. You are now in a burning temple. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to 
gonna try to run back to the main hub area. You successfully exit that little uh, open passageway that you were in. However, as you enter, you see that the fire has grown and spread basically along all of the walls to the point where the entrance that was directly behind you and the door at the far end are now encapsulated, along with pretty much the entrances to all of those passageways. The fire is raging. It is like the entire roof is on fire. You're basically in an oven, and the baby begins crying again. Every exit is in cap is in, is in fire. Yep, and you begin to hear a as it sounds like some structural support beams are coming close to giving way. Okay, he's gonna run to that exit, and he's going to cast tidal wave. Okay. On that exit. This is a spell you do not have, correct? Correct, and it's third level. Okay, please give me an arcana check, Gary. So you look through uh, that pamphlet and you see the casting directions. You see the material components you gather. You begin uh, doing the hand signs that it says to help yeah, you cast it. I put the it. baby on the yeah. floating disc so I can do the hand signs. Yeah, you start using both of your hands as this is your first time casting. You really need to focus. You're using everything you can, all of the techniques that you learned in class today to try and cast it as you chant under your breath. And please give me that arcana check. Natural fucking 20. Hell yeah, okay. You put the baby on the floating disc. Somehow, even though you're not supposed to be able to, you maintain concentration on that while you do the hand signals <laughs> and you chant under your breath and you begin to see water like forming on the ground uh, and it puts out the flames near your feet that were creeping up. And as you kind of do this gesture, you twist forward with your arm you see this massive tidal wave just kind of grow out of the ground. <sighs> 10 feet tall, almost to the ceiling, as it crashes down on the entrance. The wood door that was there just crumbles out of the way, but most of the fire on that whole wall is put out. And I run out the fucking door with the disc following me. <laughs> Okay, uh, you zoom and the baby kind of like rolls a little bit from like the fast acceleration on the disc, but doesn't roll off. Uh, and you barge out the front door and as you do, you find yourself like running through that thick fog again. And then just sudden light as you're out in the field. And like everything that was there disappears. The baby's not there, the, the building's not there, the fire's not there. <sighs> oh, come here, baby. Professor Azure kind of comes up to you and says, uh, Very well done, Ray. I see you. Uh, was that a spell new to you? I saw you referencing the, the guidebook. Uh, yeah, the tidal wave one. I, I never did that before. Beautifully cast. Uh, do you have any background experience in magic? Uh, very, very little. I, uh, I knew a conjuration wizard. He taught me a few things, but uh, I guess you could say I'm like a level... Two. Okay, well, uh, this class is, uh, will certainly be helpful to you, hopefully not too redundant, but uh, uh, beautifully done. There are certainly uh, some things that could have been done better. And at this point, he turns around to the class and he says, Class, what do you think could have been improved in uh, Mr. Hay's approach to the situation? I, for one, think that uh, perhaps uh, we could have given priority to putting out the fire, or perhaps a faster method of uh, retrieving the infant without... Uh, having to harm oneself. If you are incapacitated in the line of fire, this does not help anyone. Always help yourself before you help others. An unconscious wizard is a dead wizard. Anyways, moving on, who wants to go next? And you see people begin raising their hands. He goes, yes, okay. He points to someone and they spend the next five minutes or so kind of analyzing your technique. And then he moves on to the next student and so on and so forth as kind of you make your way through uh, through the class. Silvio keeps hesitating to volunteer. You kind of nudge him a few times and he like half raises his hand, but like never quite goes up. Do the other students have the same scenario? Yeah, you're, you're seeing, there are like slight variations so that they can't like run through it perfectly well, but uh, usually has to do with the, with the fire and recovering someone from it. And how well do they do? Let's find out. Oof. Oh my god. I have rolled so many nat ones today. 
Oh shit. You see like three students who do about as good as you did. Then you see one student who like almost makes it, but then the room that they're in when they're retrieving, it's a cat this time. They're retrieving the cat and then the, the rubble blocks their passage and they kind of keep trying to cast things and just kind of qu can't quite make it. And the room caves in on them and then the simulation ends. However, there are a number of students who literally like walk in the door and basically something kind of like the beam happens where falling debris comes down from the roof. One of them just fucking immediately gets wiped out by it. They just, they don't even see it coming. Just get squashed. Another one spends too long looking in all the wrong rooms. And then a last one keeps trying to cast detect magic, forgetting that the entire illusion is magical. And so it's not really applicable. And eventually they just kind of give up and just sit in the center of it until they cut the simulation. <laughs> but when Silvio comes around, Silvio actually doesn't too, do too bad. He manages to get the baby out. However, you see he is suffering from the smoke inhalation and he's not really using magic. He turns into a bat to find the baby faster with echolocation, which uh, Professor Azure applauds, finds the baby, gets him out, and then starts trying to cast Tidal Wave, kind of trying to rip you off. Uh, definitely does not have what it takes to cast that, and ends up just kind of brute forcing his way out of the building. He covers the baby in his vampire cloak and just like shoulder checks through uh, one of the weaker spots of the timbers. He is given some notes. You see Professor Azure take some time to help correct him with uh, his casting technique. And the class wraps up as Silvio then approaches you afterwards. It's been a few hours at this point. He says, Ray, wow, that was a transformative experience for me. How, how was it for you? Definitely enlightening, for sure. I think there's a lot more we can learn from these people. Yeah, Ray, you already feel as if you're pretty close to like hitting that next level as a wizard. Not only that, you can now go ahead and add Tidal Wave to your book of known spells. And Sylvia looks at you and he says, I, I would love to attend again, but it is a little pricey. Maybe you just give me notes or something if you plan to come again. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, we didn't try the others. Like, we didn't try... The combat or the lab, I don't know, maybe those don't cost anything. I, I would be surprised if they didn't. Uh, I've heard Longreach universities uh, can be quite pricey, but m maybe I can find some tutoring or something from some of these students? Actually, what you should do is, you know, do the bat thing and just kind of hang on the ceiling and watch. You are really smart. Yeah, yeah. I can definitely do that. Okay. <laughs> All right, well... You won't be doing any hands-on, so it won't be as effective, I guess, but, you know, you take notes mentally. Yes, and maybe you can spend some time and practice with me afterwards. That's right. Yeah, okay. let's do that. Sweet. Uh, study buddies. Study buddies. Okay. Uh, we should probably be getting back. It's a little late, no? You can go home. I'm going to look in the library for a bit and maybe then head out. I'll, I'll go with you. All right. And uh, you guys head to the library. Uh, what are you looking for in the library? Conjuration books. Any any interesting books? Maybe like yeah. Conjuration for Dummies or like Level Up Quick with this or something. <laughs> you know. Roll an investigation for me. 11. Okay. You enter the library and you find... Uh, it is gorgeous. It has these like granite and marbled, like super polished floors. There are study tables. You see some people studying, like just fucking some next level shit, like legs crossed, floating on the table, like levitating books with the pages turning, like shit flying out of the books. And, and then as you go higher up, it seems like it gets a little more tame in the study areas as it just kind of gets quieter and quieter as you go. But you spend some good time searching you talk to a librarian you find just about any book you could want here within reason at an educational institution you don't find anything that's like study a uh, level up quick with this quick tip you know that's not necessarily happening but you do find a lot of entry-level conjuration books that for example ostrogon's library didn't quite have and you find material that should you study it will probably help you, again, bridge that gap a little bit faster. Can I check out the books? You go to check them out, and there is, like, a slug person at the front desk and says, Sorry, we can only check out books to currently enrolled students. 
As a sit-in, you are welcome to stay at the library and peruse them for as long as you like. Okay. Well, Silvio, I found some books here for me. I don't know if you found anything. I'm going to study for a little bit and then head on. I will do the same. I, I found some really great uh, uh, intro to, to clerical uh, magic texts. Excellent. Okay. And Silvio sits down and begins... You see, he's referencing... He kept the pamphlet from the class. And he's referencing stuff like a healing word and kind of scrolling around. And he keeps trying. You see him, like, starting to cast runes. And you see them glow on the table. And then they fizzle out, like... And he's like, God damn it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, But Silvio's trying. And you spend the night studying before you head home. As you head back home, you head into Longreach, and while you're entering, uh, Jorgen sees you and says, Hey, there you are, lot. Uh, we need your help. What is it? Uh, come with me. And Jorgen leads you into the mines. He takes you to the underhand hold, and uh, you guys find the tunnel. And he says, Okay. Uh, he puts a little hard hat on you, and he says, Have a look at us. And you see there are a couple of people who seem to have been mining this night, uh, beginning to continue the tunnel. And one of the uh, little halflings looks at you and he goes, Alright, so we got a little bit of a problem here. Uh, you see that right right up there? Uh, and he points to like the ceiling. And you see this like boulder, kind of, with this like large crack in it. And there are like bits of packed dirt uh, kind of around it. He goes, you see that? What about it? This rock here. Um, must have formed under the, uh, the soil's layers, or God knows, you know, what was being constructed up there, but it's basically a structural integrity issue. If we keep mining, uh, it is highly likely that we are going to, uh, have a collapse. So we've got two options, right? We can either reroute the tunnel, uh, we can take a different route, we're gonna have to go further back, uh, kind of dig out and around, and then try and get back on course. Uh, that is a pretty safe solution. Uh, only problem is, it might extend our runtime a little bit. Uh, so if you're hoping to get this done in the next couple of days, rerouting is, uh, is gonna slow us down quite a bit. I don't know if we'll have it done in time. The other option is, uh, hey Rico! Boom! And you see a, a little fairy holding, like, sticks of dynamite. And he says, we've got these uh, these explosives. We could try blasting it out, clear it away, reinforce it, and then keep going. That should be a little bit faster than rerouting. But based on the positioning and based on uh, the lack of supports that were in here previously, this is uh, it's a little riskier. And so uh, if we do it wrong, we could lose the tunnel. The whole tunnel? Enough of it that uh, we might as well have lost the whole thing. The rerouting would add probably a week. Uh, you know what? Let's, uh, let's let, what was his name? Rico? Boom! <laughs> he's a little fairy, like he's, the dynamite is bigger than him, and he's like flying around your head with a stick of dynamite. Boom! Let him try. If we lose the tunnel, I have other plans. Alright, you're certain about this lot. Well, I don't want to wait two weeks. I'm already taking the safe route with, uh, Barnabas. Maybe I need to put some risk somewhere. All right. Rico got shot. We'll, uh, we'll clear the, the shaft. And you guys begin your long walk out of the shaft. It is a lot longer already yeah. than when you looked at it yesterday. I mean, not a lot, a lot, but, like, an impressive amount for a day's work. You, you hear Rico kind of, like, jamming shit in, just like... And every time you hear, like, one of those bangs, you see uh, the little halfling go like, oh, ah. <laughs> and then eventually Rico flies out, boom, with a little wire. And he holds the wire out to you, and he says, uh, boom, and lifts up a little matchstick to you. Everybody clear. Stand back. And I clear. Jorgen grabs two of, like, his braids at the end of his beard and puts them in his ears like earplugs. <laughs> <laughs> they have, like, little beads. <laughs> And he goes, all right, here we go. Are we at a safe distance? You are at a safe distance. Please roll a d20 for me. Add anything? No? No. 16? You light it and you hear it. 
I thought it was going to blow up. <laughs> Should we go check on... Uh, he starts to, like, walk into the tunnel, and then Rico, like, with his whole body, like, stops his chest. He goes, BOOM! Rico looks over his shoulder. <laughs> and Rico flies into the tunnel. You guys are looking through uh, kind of the clouds of dust and shit flying in the air. <coughs> I can't tell if that went well or poorly. And uh, the little halfling runs in and he goes, oh yeah. Oh, that went so well. Oh yeah, that, that went excellently. Okay. Thank you so much. Oh, that is that was the right call. Okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, thank you very much, Mr. Uh, Globamy, right? That's right. And your name was? Uh, hi, my name is Dory. It's short for Dorian. Dorian. Pleasure working with you. He shakes his hand. Pleasure working with, like, uh, vigorously. Pleasure working with you. Keep up the great work. You're all doing a fantastic job. Thank you. Well, uh, we'll, we'll call you in if we need any more demolitions. <laughs> um, Hopefully not. Okay, uh, Yargin, could you do me a favor and could you send in the uh, the cleanup crews when you get the chance? Oh, you lot, I gotcha. All right, uh, we have our work cut out for us, but, uh, well, God's willing, we'll be there in, uh, in a couple of days. Um, uh, both of you, I, I, I just wanted to say, um, I, I really appreciate what, uh, what you guys are doing and, well, what, what everyone's doing. I'm, I, I'm a multi-generational Longreach resident, and, uh, it, it, it means a lot to me to see the people pulling together like this. It's really nice. I, yeah, well, like I said, we're all in this together. And Dorian lets you go as you head home and you get ready to sleep. You see Grisabeth greets you, so do all of the kids. And she goes, oh my god, Mr. Glavaby, how was your first day of school? He, he brushes off his shoulders. Like, <laughs> oh, well, you know, <laughs> what can I say? I'm the next wizard in charge, basically. Oh uh, no, god. it went all right. Uh, just saved a baby from a burning building. That's all. <gasps> <laughs> oh my god, that sounds so hot. Yeah, it was really hot, though. Um, but, you know, uh, nothing that a little uh, tidal wave spell couldn't fix. A tidal wave? My god, how wet. How hot and wet. <laughs> Sopping wet. My goodness. Hi, Dad. Oh, hi, son. How you doing? Uh, how did the, how went the school? School was good. Daddy's, uh... Daddy's a real good student, you know. Uh, daddy passing a class, doing well. Teacher said, uh, I had, uh, I did a very good job today, so I'm real happy. Yay! That very nice. It was nice. Do you think I could go to school with you tomorrow? I miss you. Um, what time is it, Chris? Uh, it's, it's late, Kevin. I mean, Angelina. <laughs> <clears throat> Ray, it's, uh, it's late. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's bedtime. You little rascals should be sleeping already. But we didn't even have the hot chocolate yet. Okay, but after the hot chocolate, you go in the bed. Okay. And, uh, uh, Jeremiah, while you're having the hot chocolate, I'll show you a little something what I learned today. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a second, in a second. Yeah. Yay! And uh, you settle in for the night. Knowing that the tunnel is currently on track, you spend the night enjoying some hot chocolate with your family. Silvio kind of begins hanging out around nearby as you begin showing Calvin. What, what do you teach Calvin? <laughs> so while Cal is having the hot chocolate, I go to I whisper to Grizz like, yeah, so uh, I see why there's no kid classes. That, that, that university is no joke. I swear I got like... You know, I, I thankfully have some textbook from Ostrogon, but uh, the math and the, the, the science and the, the quantum dynamic jungle just, it's like not for a kid. There's no way I could ever, he, uh, he's not ready. But I'll, I'll show him maybe, um, I, I, don't, I don't know, maybe how to make a bonfire. Hopefully that's not too hard. My maybe. goodness, Gary, he's not going to light himself on fire, is he? Uh, you're right. Maybe Mage Hand will be better. Maybe, maybe I can try... But I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I he's he's like... not he's not a teenager yet. We don't got nothing to worry about. <laughs> I'll try. Uh, I don't know. Maybe nothing to come out of it. But I can't. I can't roll on that. But but when we get long reach up and running again, we definitely should have a kids school for magic. Oh Absolutely. yeah, I was talking to Yogan about it today, and he's totally on board. There's a there's a couple of 
well, it's a little sad, but there's a couple of, of buildings here that are basically abandoned at this point, considering, you know, everything that went down. Uh, so, if, uh, if no one claims them, no, like, survivors or estate or anything, there's a couple of areas that I think would be really nice to set up as little schoolhouses. Yeah, you got regular school, magic school, culinary school, um, too cool for school, I don't know. Yeah, it sounds, uh, I, I, I'm feeling really hopeful. I, I think that would be nice. Yeah. All right, well, let me try and show Gal a little something. And you spend the night trying to teach Calvin's the basics of Mage Hand, which he's processing what you're saying. He just doesn't have the coordination in his fingers yet and, like, the strength of mind, I guess. So he gets more of, like, a mage finger. Like, he bops you in the nose at one point by accident with a little, like, magic finger. It's like, poof. Well, it's something. That's really cool, Dad. Thank you for teaching me. Yeah. And make sure you keep practicing, okay? Okay. Hey, Silas, guess what? <laughs> and uh, he shoots out a little finger and pokes him in the chest. And Silas goes, <laughs> Cal, I'm just your... kidding. Jeremiah. Yeah? Say you're sorry. I'm sorry. I'm... Like you mean it. <laughs> he begins, like, twisting his hands. And he goes, I'm sorry! And he, like, pets him with the little mage finger. <laughs> and then, like, he finishes petting him, and he goes, Okay, I'm tired now. <laughs> and he passes out. And Gary will put him in the bed. Yeah. And you go to sleep for the night. You may long rest. The next morning, you are awoken by a very frantic Yorick and Yasaka. And they go, oh, Mr. Ray, Mr. Ray! <laughs> What? Please, Mr. What? Ray, we we need your help. Uh, our brother Yemik. Yemik has not come back. Yemik? We sent him out. We were looking for materials yesterday, and we oh. were supposed to meet up for dinner. And and oh. uh, we, we, we haven't found him. Oh, no. And Gary gets up. He was supposed to go to the small town of Barrington. It's not even that far. He should have been the first one back. Okay. I'm going to head out right now. Okay. Gary's going to put on his the coat of elemental resistance. Gary's going to put that on. Yeah, you put on the coat of elemental resistance and you head out on your own. You wake up Meg and you kind of unhitch her from uh, where she is in the lower district and you ride out towards Barrington. The ride takes you a little bit. It takes you maybe about an hour as now it is 4 a.m. Still dark, but you can tell the sun is on its way. Please roll an investigation check for me as you are searching for Yemek on the road to Barrington. I got a nine. With a nine, I'll give it to you, but you're not stealthy about it as you are racing down the roads and then you race past something uh, and then it catches your attention afterwards. You you pull back and Meg goes, Bleh! as uh, you turn her back around and you see there is a dead horse on the road. Oh. And you see this creature trying to get at something under the horse. Roll a nature check for me. 16. Yeah, with that, you definitely uh, can tell. So it looks like a person, but slightly grayer and has red eyes. Uh, it has long hair. And uh, you gather it's not just a regular person. It is a vampire, oh. much like Silvio, but it seems a little more feral. It's tearing into the horse and you see like the guts spilling out as you hear like writhing under the horse going, oh. <laughs> the vampire hears you stop and turns to look at you and she goes Gary's gonna cast a bonfire on the vampire holy shit the vampire rolls a natural 20 as you cast a bonfire where they're kind of like crawling over the horse and you see the vampire does a backflip and lands on all fours as it hisses at you please roll for initiative This has been Your Honor. Your Honor features the vocal talents of Nicholas Benetados as Gary Mogbaha. The rest of the world is voiced by your DM, Giancarlo Herrera. Editing was done by Hannah Schooner and Giancarlo Herrera. 
with sound design by Giancarlo Herrera. If you want to support the show, consider checking out the links in the show notes or go to patreon.com slash Our patrons get access to exclusive perks like our After the Show show, After the Drimbus, free exclusive merch, bonus series, and the chance to create items for the show or have NPCs named after you. Oh, and don't forget to tweet using hashtag Drimbus to be entered to win a free Dungeons & Drimbus sticker. Thank you all so much for listening, and I do declare I'll see you all next week. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. In June of 2020, an amateur podcaster disappeared from the Carson National Forest while searching for the legendary Thin Treasure. But he was adamant that he was onto something big. He was obsessed. He showed her some hand-drawn map to a treasure out in northern New Mexico. The subjective truth is part treasure hunt, part paranormal docudrama. Starring Addison Peacock as Graham Anderson, Back at home, I placed the box on the counter, and I just stared at it for a while. You'd never be able to guess its social impact on the human race by looking at its simplistic design. UFOs, ghosts, reincarnation, and liars. This is The Subjective Truth. Subscribe now. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.